Welcome to Affiliate Marketing Millionaire, the official podcast for the number one affiliate marketing channel on YouTube, with over 36 million views and counting. Here are your hosts, ODI Productions and Kit Thatch. All right, we are back. Another week, another episode of Affiliate Marketing Millionaire Podcast. This week, really excited. We're going to bust a huge myth in affiliate marketing, and we have some data to back it up. It's going to be really great. So we are here, as always, with your host, ODI Productions, and we are going to be talking today about doing affiliate marketing with no social media. So ODI, I know you got a lot of thoughts on that. Maybe let's uh, let's jump right in. Yes, sir. Thanks for the intro kit as always. So today we have a topic which comes up so many times and I've always gotten so many messages and DMs and emails about, can you do a film marketing with no social media? And what pains me is when I see these comments that say, oh, so you need to have this huge social media following to do a film marketing, boo-hoo. And it's one of the you know worst myths that gets perpetuated. I don't know why, to be honest with you, because at the end of the day, it's like, Everyone has to start somewhere, myself included. Like I did not start with big social media. In fact, I had no social media, no personal brand. And I think that it paints the wrong picture when people come in today, they see 285,000 subscribers, they see you know tens of millions of views and they're like, oh, of course it worked for you because you're some big social media influencer type person. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. In fact, I got into Philip Martin because it didn't require social media, because you didn't need to have a following. I could be whoever, I could create a brand that was independent from me as a person because I didn't have any sort of following and credentials and stuff like that. So, you know, especially when you're a young college kid and you're in your teens and you don't have that sort of, you know, credentials and authority, you have to create something like a brand that's bigger than yourself and that's professional that people could trust. So that's the story, you know, when it comes to me. But when I keep seeing these comments that are saying, oh, yeah, you need a social media to do this. I think that people just have the wrong impression and I really want to offer like some contrary evidence against this fact today. But you know, at the end of the day, I just wanna have a healthy discussion when it comes to this, what's reality and what's fake. So Kit, you know, what's your initial thoughts when someone says, okay, I need to have followers to do affiliate marketing? Yeah, I think one thing is it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy because social Mm. media takes up all the oxygen because that's what people Mm. see. Yeah. So all the people doing it without huge social media followings, well, nobody sees them for obvious reasons. They're they're just doing their thing. And so it's not until people, you have a big social media following, people see them and they go, oh, that's, that's why they got big, you know, mm. why they have, they're successful. They have a big social media following and it's, you know, it's sort of different. The, the success came and then, then yeah. the social media following. So, you know, when I hear that, I just think a lot of people, one, just don't realize that. You know, a lot of people with big social media followings are actually not doing very well when it comes to earning compared to some people yes. who don't have as big following and who are crushing it earnings wise. Yeah, I want to speak on that. I've met a lot of quote unquote influencers uh, during my time, you know, doing YouTube, Instagram, etc. And it would be surprised a lot of you, like a lot of big influencers, we're talking millions of followers or subscribers are actually like pretty much broke guys. And if they're not broke, they're going to be broke because of their lifestyle that they perpetuate. But then the actual, you know, cash flow and the bottom line is just not, they're not really generating a lot of money because they only rely on ad revenue. Now to put some numbers to this guys on YouTube, you get about $2 for every thousand views. And that's just the average. Now, some 
creators and influencers who are making content that are in more money-making uh, type of niches, they're earning much more than $2 per every thousand views, maybe closer to like 14, 15, maybe $20 or more per thousand views. But some are earning as little as like $1 or even like 50 cents for every thousand views. Now to paint a picture for you guys, if you got 1 million views, which is extremely, extremely hard to get 1 million views and consistently doing that every single month, you would make $2,000 for if you were getting paid that $2 for every thousand views. Now, if it was $1.50 for every thousand views, it would be $1,500 for 1 million views. And guys, I want to stress to you, 1 million views and getting that consistently every single month, because it's one thing to do it one month and then you get $1,500 or $2,000, but to do it every single month and to do it for $2,000, you would make more money probably just working McDonald's. And I don't think that's exaggeration at all. Like it is so hard to get a million views. Like there's so much luck. There's so much virality involved. It's, it's really difficult guys. Like you can take it from me. Um, unless like that's something you were born to do. You're an entertainer. And that's something that, you know, I'm not really on the entertainment more on the just education, but it is so hard. And to play that game with the algorithm of going viral, like it's, like trying to really win the lottery almost, at least for me. Like I, you know, I'm definitely not an entertainer, but I have built a social media following and it's hard guys. So when people only rely on ad revenue, whether it's your YouTube or your website, the website's even worse because that is paid depending on how many clicks you're getting. And if you're not getting a lot of clicks because your click-through rate or your conversion rate's really low, you know, forget about that $2 for every thousand page views maybe it's closer to, you know, a few cents for a thousand views. So either way, whether it's the website, the YouTube, it is hard to rely on only ad revenue. Whereas if you were selling affiliate products and you got a sale, a high ticket sale where you actually got paid, let's say $100 or even $50, do you know how many views you'd have to get, um, you know, just to make $50? It's really, really tough. So that's, I want to offer that sort of like the other side of the coin that you guys don't see is maybe you see all this stuff on social media, like Kit said, is like getting all the attention and the oxygen in the room and you're just seeing all this sort of success and like money, this and that. But that might just be the 0.0001% of the very top and even then, like if you only relied on ad revenue, for the, some of these channels that have a million plus subscribers, so forget views, a million plus subscribers. I've seen some of them only generating roughly $4,000, $5,000 per month with a million plus subscribers, which is something I'm not even anywhere near close to. And I could, you know, the average person is never going to get to that kind of level unless you, you know, again, you were born for this. So that's yeah, just to paint a picture of the reality. Yeah, and I think that, you know, the other thing is you can definitely, if, if you decide, you know, hey, I want, a, I want a big social media and stuff like that, you definitely can, you definitely can do that. It's something like you can grow these things over time, but you shouldn't come in going, hey, the only way that, that this is going to work is if I have the huge following. That's, yeah. that's not, it's not sort of a one-to-one -one lineup here. Yeah. So to take things back to why I was drawn to affiliate marketing was the anonymity and you didn't have to show your face on camera. And I was making these videos and I really didn't want to. And there were other people on YouTube who were personalities and they were tech reviewers, this and that. And for me, I was able to get so many views and so many sales just on my content alone. And it had nothing to do with me, it had nothing to do with my personality. It just had to do with my content and the level of you know care I put into it, whether it was filming the videos, editing them, um, also the blog posts, right? The SEO that I was doing. So I was ranking on Google uh, for both YouTube and on the 
blog posts. So, you know, I really put the work into the content and the brand. And that's something that, you know, anyone can do. Anyone can create a brand uh, no matter, you know, who's behind it. That's the beauty of the internet is you can be whoever you want to be and you can really work your way up and you can start with something crappy, which is what I did and what everyone has to do. You can start with zero followers, which is what I did and what which is what everyone has to do. Um, so yeah, that's the thing is like a film marketing is so great because you can be anonymous and create a brand that's separate from you. And that's what I like to try and do. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do personal brand. I think personal brand is an amazing thing. And we'll talk about um, some examples of that soon. But you know, at the end of the day, for me, it was always about focusing on the website, focusing on my email marketing list, the website, building those things up. Now, social media can be very powerful as a tool. You know, as a distribution channel, YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the world. So one thing that I think did separate recording now in the beginning is I created both YouTube videos and blog posts. And typically those blog posts were created from the script that was used for the video. So it was kind of like a double dip. And obviously this requires more work, but hey, at the end of the day, if you're trying to stand out, if you're trying to be successful, you have to be willing to go the extra mile and to compete because attention, you know, is very hard to get, but if you're able to be on many platforms, and honestly, you only need like one or two good ones. For me, it's Google SEO, it's YouTube SEO, those are one and two. Uh, but if you happen to be good at TikTok, if you happen to be good at, you know, Instagram or whatever, then that could be your main distribution channel, but then funnel into a website, which I always think, you know, you should invest into your assets, which is your website, your email list. Those are the only things you own. Another thing I don't like about social media is just the algorithms. You have to rely on getting lucky with the algorithm. Does, you know, the YouTube algorithm or Google, do they favor you, you know, right now or not? And sometimes, you know, again, I see these big channels where you can get shadow banned and your content's not showing to people who are literally subscribed to you or following you. Um, so, you know, social media is not all like rainbows and butterflies. It is hard. Uh, now, it's not evil as well. Like social media can be a big asset for your business if you do it correctly. But I wouldn't put all my eggs into just the social media basket. Like I would really rely on things like SEO, which draws warm traffic, whereas social media is like a lot of it's for entertainment, you know? Um, so you need to find a way to get sort of that transactional traffic where people who are researching a product or looking to buy something, those are the customers or visitors who are actually worth money versus, you know, you don't want to just get 1 million views with nobody buying any sort of product or any sort of goal like that, right? Yeah, and I think that's why even on, you know, from a marketing side, some people have started to realize that, you know, big influencers aren't always worth the price tag because mm. just if you, you know, you, you people, you know, listening, if you, you know, are on someone's Instagram or TikTok or whatever for entertainment and then they're trying to sell you a random mm -hmm. tequila or like the random yeah. ads you see, you're not like, oh, wow, uh, I want to buy that now. You're annoyed. You're like, oh, man, like, what is this? And then I just think that, you know, whereas if you're, if you're, thinking about what a what a customer wants which is what you're doing in affiliate marketing you're going to get a much more focused person who isn't looking mm -hmm. for the social media entertainment they're looking for help and you providing that help is what's going to close the deal yeah i think you make a great point so that's what you should focus on you as the affiliate you're trying to help them make a purchase decision so that's going to determine what kind of content you're going to create whether it's a product review whether it's a product comparison it's something to help guide someone to make the right choice so for me with headphones and it sounds kind of like trivial but you know my goal was to really help people buy the right pair of headphones. And that may sound, again, like something very mundane or trivial to someone, but it's like when you make that your mission, and I'm, I was really passionate about 
you know, basically connecting the right person and making the right purchase. Because for me, it's like I know people can't test all these different headphones. I'm in a you know privileged position to be able to have this brand and to either get headphones sent to me for free or I invested in them myself. Because you know, if the business is making money, a $300 pair of headphones is an investment. You know, and I'm gonna make that money back. And that's how you have to view things. But basically, I like to be the sort of the voice and the liaison where. I can really do my rigorous sort of testing and my thoughts and opinion. And if I can help you make the right decision where you're super happy. And I got comments that said, hey, thanks to this video, I ordered these headphones and I love them so much. Thank you so much. Like that is one of the best feelings in the world. And again, this is just for headphones. And, you know, again, there's so many like kind of trivial things out there that you wouldn't think twice about. But, you know, there was this example from the niches episode in our last episode where we talked about this uh, website vortex radars that helps people choose the right radar detector for their car and that's something that you know again it's such a useful resource if you were going to be spending hundreds of dollars on a radar detector and to have this resource that pits them against each other and you can you know compare them and you can you know sort of get the specs on everything and which one's worth it which is not like that is so useful and at the end of the day you know if i'm spending 400 500 bucks on a radar detector i'm going to do my research and that's the thing is like People have, consumers are more savvy than ever. They're doing their research and it involves reviews on YouTube, reviews on blogs, reviews on Amazon, and they're doing all this research. So um, at the end of the day, you know, helping connecting people with the right products, that's always how I view things. And it's something that I think is pretty noble. I mean, as long as you have the best intention, now there are affiliates who are just like, you know, go buy this thing just because it either makes the most commission. Now I've never been like that. So, you know, when I was doing a lot of software uh, affiliates in the early days, I had some companies that I actually, you know, well, I used all of them myself and I tested all of them myself, but I had some companies reach out to me and say, hey, you know, we're willing to pay you more if you push our product. But the thing is, I was always thinking, well, is this a product that I personally would purchase myself or use? Is it a product that I do use? And I always stuck to, you know, my intuition and I always chose the products that I personally recommended. And that's something that, you know, again, some affiliates are not as, you know, they are not as strict as that in terms of their criteria, like whatever pays the most commission, they're just going to push like crazy. Uh, but I've never been a fan of that. I've always just been, um, I guess, true to me. Like if I use something every day, I'll tell you, I use this every day. So that's how I can stand behind it. Now I would never sell something that I can't stand behind or that I haven't used myself or I can't, you know, something I wouldn't support. Um, so yeah, that's one thing that I think people should bear in mind is that, you know, when you're selling products that you believe in, it makes your job so much easier. Because if you're selling a product that you didn't really know too much about, or you really didn't, you know, you yourself wouldn't even use, I mean, how hard is it to sell a product like that uh, versus someone who really is like an evangelist, right, for the product? Yeah, and I think, you know, sort of going off it, you know, people's fears of like a big social media following. Well, to get millions of views, usually you're being, being very, very broad, which is why oftentimes yes. it's a little hard to sell. Whereas when you're niched down, you can actually build, you have this advantage of you'll be able to build a loyal following easier because like Odie said, in terms of promoting products you believe in, your Steve Jobs once said when they asked him about how did he feel about iTunes on Windows machines? And he said, I feel like I'm giving a cold glass of water to somebody stuck in hell. And I think it's a similar thing. If you've ever searched for reviews and you're trying to find information on a product and you get, you know, you get stuck with like, clickbaity stuff that doesn't give you the answers that you you were actually searching for and then you come across a video a blog article that actually helps you 
you are going to be so grateful. This is like the only time I've left comments on YouTube videos or really gone out of my way to help that person was because you're so thankful. And so focusing on creating that value will actually build you a much loyal following that doesn't need to get to be millions to create a huge business. Exactly. And you know, when you're making this focused content, so let's say SEO and whether it's through YouTube, whether it's through your website, if you get 1000 focused targeted people who are visiting or looking at your content and let's say 1% of them buy because they were, the content's already aimed at people who are thinking about buying it anyways, that's going to have so much more revenue like impact than relying on again, $2 for every thousand views. Whereas if you did a thousand views, but it was a very, very targeted piece of content and you're getting only people who are interested in buying or else they're not going to be watching this video, right? Then that's how affiliate marketing it's such a bigger multiplier of revenue now that's not to say you can't do both it's not to say you can't do both ad revenue and affiliate and brand sponsorships and all these other things on top of it which i do you know i recommend doing everything honestly but at the end of the day if you were to do ad revenue versus affiliate marketing it's peanuts compared to and there's a price you pay by doing ad revenue when you do ad revenue on your website you know it slows down your website. It adds unnecessary code, JavaScript, tracking codes, uh, you know, and it's a bad experience for your visitors. Who likes going on a website that's just populated with so many ads and it's so slow, it loads slower, low, uh, slow load and page experience hurts your SEO ranking as well. So, you know, what I've seen with some of our students that we work with, they've decided against ad revenue, even though they could because they're getting thousands of clicks and unique uh, visits, uh, sometimes daily, you know, they decide against ad revenue because they're like, I don't want to, I don't want to give up the user experience for my visitors. I don't want them to have a bad user experience. I want them to have a fast loading website where they're getting this uh, content. It's really easy to read, really accessible. And I think that that's great. Now, you know, I'm not against doing both, like again, ad revenue and affiliate, but I'd probably focus on affiliate first and then ad revenue. And so when it comes down to uh, you know, success without social media. One example we can talk about, a uh, guest on this podcast is Chris with his website. And when Chris started, he had zero social media, zero, zero, nothing, you know, and he had created two websites prior and, you know, they didn't, they were not as successful uh, in his words. I think, you know, he's like, they failed, but he learned a lot and he rolled up those failures into his third website where he basically corrected everything that he learned from the first two and it grew more than ever you know in the first uh in its first year millions of google search impressions and he scaled it up to three thousand dollars per month and how did he do it you know honestly i think it was a big focus on just being seo heavy focusing on warm traffic focusing on content velocity he was doing one post per week for basically 50 weeks straight you know basically for a year and not missing a week or sometimes you know if you miss a week you do two posts that week and he just didn't give up and when we look at the data where six to nine months is how long it takes content to mature you look at his google search console graph which he shared online and you can see around month nine and ten is when things really started to pick up and explode and as i've shared like in my free training for example um it's a very exponential growth graph for any sort of affiliate or internet type business because you know the internet is beautiful because the way it works is things compound and what what sucks is it's really slow in the beginning but then it tends to just hit this inflection point and take off now can you stay in it long enough for it to take off because a lot of people quit around month six seven eight right before that inflection point around which is around month you know nine or ten depending 
then a lot of people quit right before that. Uh, and it's hard, honestly, it's hard to break through the dip, uh, as Seth Godin calls this phenomenon, but it's something that you have to kind of have a clear uh, vision, believe, basically have faith that this is going to you know, take off, it's going to turn around, uh, but you have to stay on it. So, you know, Kit, what is your advice for people? Let's say you don't have social media, you're getting started, you're nobody, you're also not getting a lot of traffic, and you're just building this brand, you're making content, and you're working on your website, but you're not really getting a lot of feedback, to be honest. You're not getting sales, you're not getting, you know, you're not seeing huge jumps in your Google Search Console stats or your Google Analytics stats. What is your advice for people to stay on the path and just, you know, keep that faith to keep going? One, I think, you know, if there's a community you can join or something so different people can help give you give you feedback as well. Because sometimes, mm. you know, you just need people to tell you, look, on the right track, keep going. Another way is, hey, when you get into it, give yourself sort of a, t- a longer timeline where you go, okay, I'm going to mm. let me see how where I am after a year if I hit these goals. And the second thing I think we talked about a few episodes ago is effort-based goals. So you go, okay, I'm going to keep my head down. Just like, you know, like if you work out and you, you know, you look and you're like, oh man, I didn't lose those 20 pounds this week Mm because you're not going to, but you set a longer time frame, you go to the gym, you eat better. And suddenly before you know it, you're starting to look better. And so I think, you know, when you're sort of in there, it's important to just keep your head down, try and hit those effort-based goals and then seek out from feedback from people, you know, Hey, can you take a look at this article? Yeah. Hey, let me go see what, you know, what are the top results for the search terms I'm going? How are they doing it? How can I be better than that? Yeah, two things. One, we've had students who are getting success today and, you know, talking to some of them more recently, even some interviewed on the podcast, it reminded me that they've been in this journey for years. Some of them, they joined Passive Income Lifestyle many years ago, like two to three years ago, and they're only getting success now in like 2021, 2022. So it's going to take time. So realistically, timeline wise, I think even a year is not enough. Like, you, but but again, like if something's not really working out, you have to be able to understand when to pivot and when you should maybe pursue like a different, you know, sort of approach or a different niche or something like that. Now, you know, when it comes to that sort of giving you a realistic expectations of timeline, you know, again, this is something that you have to be in for the long term. Now, on the flip side, Kit, we've looked at some sort of, you know, we've given feedback to whether it's students or even just other people and people we've consulted with, would you agree that a lot of the time when they share us their website or even the content, a lot of the times, you know, there's so much work to be done. It's it's really not that impressive is what we see on average. Like, you know, it's it seems simple, like make great content, make, you know, again, they're, you know, focusing on things like your site's design, the performance, the appearance, having a good experience and accessibility and readability. You would think these things are pretty common sense, but we've seen some pretty bad websites and content. So what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I think that and I think that's the difference. You know, when I talk about a year or things like that for Chris, there's someone who was, you know, using something that already kind of took care of the design form. So you didn't have to worry about that and technical stuff. And then he was putting in that work every year. And I think a lot of people don't want to do that. I think a lot of people, when you go to design a website or create a website, you have an image in your head, kind of like when you look at something, oh, I bet I could draw that, or I bet I could cook that. And then you actually do it, and it, it's frustrating, right? Because it doesn't come out that way. And so I think a lot of people, you know, they go, okay, cool, I'm going to do this thing. And they write their, like, four posts. Maybe they even do keyword research, and they're like, okay, well, what's happening? 
And it's like, okay, but but the, the baseline wasn't four posts. The baseline yep. was, can you get to 50 posts? The baseline was, can you get to 50 posts? Okay, now can you add in YouTube? Now can you add in distributing that content and making partnerships and things like that? So yeah, I think that for a lot of people, and it's one of the reasons, you know, in the program and stuff like that, we do website audits because mm-hmm. people think, have certain ideas in their head and maybe they air too much and thinking like, I need a super creative design. That's not what's going to get people. It needs to look, you know, professional, modern, but then, okay, can you add value to it? And that, I think, is where a lot of people really fall down. Yeah, you know, I agree. I think now I'm kind of, like, really realizing the value in having a mentor who's been there, who's created seven-figure websites, and being able to look at your website and say, hey, you need to fix X, Y, and Z. You need to do this. You need to do that. I think that that's really invaluable, and... That's why I think like the website audit, which again, if you're a member of Passive Income Lifestyle, just send us an email anytime with your website and I'll do a video recording going over it. And there's always improvement to be made. You know, it's rare for us to receive something that we're just like, oh, there's nothing you need to do. Just keep working. There's always things that you can work on. There's always things that you can improve no matter what level you're at. And so that's the one thing that's kind of cool is that it's always a work in progress. It's never going to be done. And, you know, you have to have that growth mindset of wanting to always improve and work on your thing, whether it's 1% every day, you're making it a little bit better, right? And the thing is, if you suck in the beginning, everybody sucks. Look, that's, you're not, (laughs) you know, it's not your fault. Everybody sucks at the beginning, whether it's making videos, whether it's making websites, whether it's branding, whatever. Everybody has to learn, right? But at the end of the day, it's the people who decide to, you know, I'm not going to settle for this. I'm going to get better with the next post or the next video. And I'm going to keep sharpening my skills. And at the end of the day, I think like when you see these big brands, they started so like humbly. And then when you see them today and they have like 4K video or maybe their website has, you know, millions of visits and they have all these, you know, everything's all optimized and everything is just so nice, like their theme and everything. Um, you know, I think that just that just comes over time. People don't really just start from day one and it's perfect. So I think perfectionism also hurts you a lot. I think, yeah, I think, you know, just kind of like how startups do it, where they just get it out and then improve while it's out there. You know, some people talk to us about being like, I'm not sure if I'm ready to launch my website. It's like, yes. look, and I think Chris mentioned this too. Like, no one cares. No one's going to see <laughs> yeah. it. So just put it out there and then start continuing to work on it. And I think, you know, in some ways, it doesn't sound like a good thing that it that it's a little rough at the beginning in terms of, you know, feeling doubt and things like that. But you should you should feel happy because that creates a moat. Why don't a lot of people do it? Well, because a lot of people quit most things. And mm. so if you can push through, you can get to this really amazing place. And the great thing is unlike, you know, being a professional athlete or professional musician where it's like, well, either you have this talent and I'll work hard at it. With this, it's not like that. It's are you willing to keep up the effort? Are you willing yeah. to, you know, keep, you know, writing, keep creating content? And so I think that should give you a lot of hope. It's, oh, okay, well, I can do this thing that other people aren't going to have the persistence to do and I'm going to do it and I can do it fairly cheaply. I don't need to seek tens of thousands of dollars into this. I can do this while I have a job and I can outperform other people just by getting started. Like, you know, I think we say like, you're already in the top, you know, 90% of people never get started. So boom, you're already in the 10%. You know, I love that you don't need those god-given talents like when it comes to being in the nba or nfl those guys have talent you know they were born with it 
to be honest. Now, obviously, they worked very, very, very hard to make sure they extracted all the potential. But man, you you know, some people are born and they they're six foot nine, and some people are not. You know, it's as simple as that. Um, but when it comes to something like this, what I love is you don't have to be that you know super talented person that you were just born with it. You can work your way up, and you can be a normal person, an average person even, and you can really live a life that is reserved for like the one percent if you're willing to push through. And again, the battles we're fighting are not going to be physical. They're going to be mental. They're going to be, do you have the persistence to stick uh, through it? And so I do want to say, you know, the two best milestones when I, you know, released my newest free training. And if you haven't checked it out, uh, go to odiproductions.com and get the free course, six hours. It's broken down to five phases. The two best phases, in my opinion, are phase two, when you've, after you've gotten your first sale, like the first sale is one of the best feelings in the world. And it's where you've really sort of like you're getting started. Honestly, most people are in just phase one where it's pre-revenue. They haven't gotten the first sale yet, but you have to set things up the right way if you want them to scale in the future. Now, the other phase or milestone that's really good to hit, if you hit $1,000 a month, I've found time and time again that helping students and other people I've consulted with, they're able to multiply like three, four X pretty easily once you hit $1,000 a month. Cause you, that's basically once you've hit sort of an exit velocity where you have a lot of good things going for you, but there's probably so much low hanging fruit that you could really expand quite easily to be honest from what I've seen with many, many people that I've worked with. And again, we've done it time and time again where they've multiplied their incomes from some very simple sort of tweaks that are like low hanging fruit. So if you can get to that first sale and then after that, if you can get to $1,000 a month, I mean, you would be in such an amazing place. And, you know, when you're at that place where companies are coming to you and giving you free product, like I can't even explain how grateful, you know, I was. And that's a position that everyone you need to kind of see as like, that's what you can get one day where these companies are giving you these products for free or, you know, you're working with these brands that you never thought you'd ever really be working with or they'd be paying you to be doing things. So, you know, that's something that I wish everyone could feel obviously the math is against you and the odds are going to be against you for any business owner you are a risk taker you know entrepreneurs about taking risk um i like to take calculated risk and i like to you know really do things in a way that's strategic because there's a smart way to do things there's a dumb way to do things um but with that said, I mean, I hope that for many of you that you guys can just push through, whether you're in phase zero, and that's just like you haven't even set up your business, you're, you know, you haven't even gotten your mindset right yet, you know, and if you're listening to something like this, I think you're in the right place, you're surrounding yourself with, you know, like minded people and getting the knowledge and preparing yourself because it's going to require the mindset if you want to break through to phase, you know, one, two, three, four, five, it's really mindset. Like that's what Chris said when I did my interview with him. How is he able to, you know, go from these two website failures to starting a third website? Like what, what kind of crazy, you know, sort of mindset is that to do it again after you, you know, you failed and it hurts and, you know, it's just not giving up. So that pretty much wraps up, you know, this week's episode. The last thing I want to say, guys, is if you missed the last couple episodes where I announced the new free training, it's a six hour training going over the five phases of affiliate marketing, even if you've never made your first sale. You would be in phase zero or phase one, which is mindset, or phase one is pre-revenue. You haven't even made your first sale, but you're setting up your business the right way, the same way I've set it up. Every single time I've created a six or seven figure affiliate business, I pretty much follow the same fundamentals, same branding guidelines, you know, 
when it comes to purchasing a domain, when it comes to choosing a name, when it comes to setting up the website, et cetera. So definitely check that out, odrproductions.com. Click the button, get free course. And I hope that this episode was able to provide some value for you guys. Again, we love your feedback. So leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, you know, really appreciate every single five-star review and every single listener who tunes in to these episodes. Thank you guys so much for the support. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be out here, you know, making uh, the weekly episodes. So thank you guys so much for listening and we hope to catch you next week.